0: You're listening to the Big House Bleachers Podcast. Welcome to the Big House Bleachers Podcast. I'm Michael Smeltzer, and I am very excited to introduce a special guest that is on the show for the second time, actually. Uh, Kellen Voss with Mason Brew. Kellen, I, ga- I got to say, the first time you came on the show, that, that said something about us. But the, the second time, that says something about you now, man. I'm, I'm starting to question your character that you want to hang out with us <laughs> again, man. H- how are you doing? Well,
1: I enjoyed the conversation the first time, and I appreciate you guys having me on. felt like it was an opportune time to talk about the NBA draft and everything going on with Michigan basketball. But right before we hopped on, there was obviously the breaking news I know you guys want to get into football-wise.
0: Yeah, and of course, Kellen is referring to Dominic Nichols, edge rusher, commits to Michigan. Uh, Literally, as we were hitting the record button for this podcast, the news broke. Uh, My notes say this guy is from Maryland, 12th best player in Maryland, according to some of the major media outlets, uh, 28th best edge. So that puts him in, um, you know, one one of the better edge players in the country. Mr. Matt Hartwell, my usual co-host and partner in crime, uh, any comments about this uh, relatively big commitment for Michigan?
2: Yeah, you know, I think uh, obviously he's another four star guy. So uh, some of the rankings grumblers will have their say about it. But I think this is another guy that has a very high ceiling for the Wolverines. Kellen and I were actually uh, discussing a little bit about it right before you hopped on Excellent size, excellent weight uh, just to be coming in. Needs to work on his speed and footwork a little bit, but I think once uh, Ben Herbert gets a hold of him and some of the other staff and they get to mold him into uh, the Michigan player that we all know that he can be, he's going to be a beast for this team. So I'm super excited about the pickup.
0: Heck yeah, and Kellen's mostly a basketball guy, but I, I do want to at least go to you quickly, Kellen. You feeling pretty good about the football team? Yeah,
2: yeah. Obviously, you
1: got to be happy about any, any sort of recruitment. Um, I always like the ones where it's like, you, you, it, it wasn't necessarily a surprise that he was going to go to Michigan, but it's always like, oh, a little fun Sunday afternoon. Like, hey, here's what this guy can do at Michigan and stuff. So I'm excited to like dive into his tape and dive into his highlights and see what he can look like. I mean, Michigan's owned the offensive line, the defensive line for the last few years here. So might as well get as many athletes as possible over there. So,
0: well, I tell you what was a surprise. Our friend Jet Howard went 11th overall, which is technically a lottery pick. Um, Jet Howard goes first round 11th to you guessed it the Orlando Magic, right? They uh, you could basically call it Michigan's professional team at this point. Um, so Jet goes to Orlando 11th overall, Kobe Buffkin uh goes 15th overall and and matt you know i gotta rub it in a little bit last week on the podcast i pre i predicted against all odds that both of these guys would go in the top 15 and uh you told me to pump the brakes on that take so i just want to publicly brag just for a second both guys went in the in the top 15 matt how do you feel about being wrong oh and you gotta rub it in my face take your victory lap my friend It's honestly
2: shame on me for uh for uh besmirching the name of Michigan basketball, no matter how uh good or bad we did last season. So uh it's it's deserved on my end. Congratulations to you, sir. You were totally correct on the money.
0: Apologies. And the surprise. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. I, I take that. The surprise really was Jet Howard. I don't think anybody really could have predicted that. I actually thought I was gonna be wrong. So, Kellen, let me ask you, uh Let's ta- let's talk a little bit about Jet because he's a really interesting player. He's was somewhat polarizing even in college among the Michigan fan base. How do you foresee maybe his impact his rookie season and then we can go ahead and take it a step further and look at what what is this guy's impact going to be um for his career, maybe maybe even like an NBA comp or something like that.
1: Yeah, um I would say that uh yeah, his time at Michigan was definitely polarizing. When you look at when you look at Jet Howard, there's a lot of there's a lot of similarities to uh, his now teammate Caleb Houston, who went to who went to the Magic last year in the second round, where there were high expectations coming in. He was supposed to be this like big time contributor. Obviously, everybody knew the three point shot was there, and then he kind of was disappointing at Michigan, right? Like like he obviously had some standout performances. Like he's a top he's a top 15 pick in the NBA draft. He's obviously a talented player. But like that didn't necessarily translate to a lot of team success at Michigan, which was unfortunate. In terms of him going to Orlando uh, this rookie year, this his rookie season, I think it's actually a pretty good fit for him because he can play. Uh, he's he's not going to start by any means because you know they got Paolo Banquero and Franz Wagner at the starting forwards there. So he can come. He can be in the second unit. Can kind of. Can kind of learn a little bit, get used to the pacing of the NBA game and stuff. And I think he's a guy who's going to thrive with NBA uh, spacing being a little bit better. I think he's going to thrive working with a guy like Cole Anthony in that backcourt and Anthony Blackley drafted sixth overall um, in terms of, I, I could see him event just being like a solid, reliable bench scorer for them. And if he continues to grow his offensive game and continues to be more and more reliable from three levels as a scorer, that's going to be incredible for his development. Um, Sam Bassini with The Athletic was really good about this, um, comparing him to probably Kevin Herter in terms of how you want to use him in the NBA, right? He's not going to create much. He's not going to blow by guys. But, like, if you use him off of pin down screens, if you use him off of dribble handoffs, if you get him going downhill, he can, he can you, put him in, you put him in spaces to succeed, and he's going to be able to do that. You know, is a team like Orlando willing to cater an offense to him, being that he's going to be the seventh or eighth guy that's going to score for that team? I don't know. In terms of his long-term impact in the NBA, he's gonna need to get better defensively. He's gonna need to get better at rebounding because he'll stick around for a while because he's a six-eight scorer. But if it's a matter of if he sticks around for three or four years, or if he sticks around for ten or twelve years, will be how much more he, how much better he gets as a well-rounded player.
0: Orlando was not a good shooting team by any means yeah. last year. They a lot of really good young, talented players. I think a lot of us Michigan fans watch Orlando simply because of Franz and Mo and some of these other guys that have cycled through in recent years um Matt Orlando that's your backyard man you gonna go watch this guy play you know I always
2: uh typically go see um the Magic whenever they play the Pistons so I'm sure I'll uh, I'll encounter uh that matchup you know one thing that that I'm really curious about Kellen is that uh As Orlando, they lack a lot of depth at uh, at shooting guard. You know, what do you see? Do you foresee like any type of uh, positional switches or changes that kind of allow them to get some of that shooting in the mix from Jet Howard by uh, possibly moving him or anybody else over to like a guard type role? I'm gonna be honest.
1: If they want to consider moving him to a guard type role, he's gonna have to get better defensively, right? That was the, that was always the main gripe at Michigan, right? Guys would blow by past him. He was an okay like help side and team defender, but like if he was one on one in space, guys were gonna he was gonna get exposed there. So then that was just at the college level. Like he couldn't guard he couldn't guard Big Ten guards at the college level. Imagine him in the NBA trying to get switched on to. I I don't know talented two guards like Bradley Beal like I I don't I don't like that's not going to go well for Jet Howard right now in this present moment. Do I think that he has the tools to get better and become a better defender and become a reliable guy at that point? Sure, I think he could eventually get there. But right now it's not. I I think he kind of has to play the three or the four. And so because of that and because of how Orlando's roster stacked up, he's going to be one of the first few guys off the bench.
2: Yeah, it just caught my attention because uh, he is listed on Michigan's site as a guard. I think that was the general intent uh, to to kind of play him until you know, obviously the starting lineup ended up with uh, with Doug McDaniel and Kobe Bufkin up top. So right. I'm just curious if there was uh, if there's a future for him, being that that's kind of what he transitioned to, uh, pivoted to in college, if you will. Obviously, he's kind of a liability defensively, but it uh, could be an opportunity for him to crack some some uh, minutes there in Orlando.
1: Yeah, and, and throughout this whole draft process, the guy I found myself comparing him to was Norman Powell on the Clippers, who's kind of carved out a role for himself in the NBA as, you know, he's not going to necessarily be a starter. He's not going to be a leading scorer every game, but there'll be some games where Norman Powell has like 25 points off the bench. And is just doing his own thing and leading the offense in the second unit and, is, and is shooting the ball well enough to deserve being on the floor late in games. I can see Jet Howard eventually becoming that. When you look at his three point shooting, when you look at his finishing ability, when you look at eventually, especially later on in the year, he did a great job of creating shots for other guys. I think with NBA spacing and NBA coaching, and I, I think that he will be able to thrive in that develop, development uh, in that in that group. Eventually, it's just a matter of how quickly he's going to be able to do it. You know. Uh, we, we already saw with Caleb Houston last year, we kind of struggled because he couldn't. You know, he was he was mainly just a shooter and didn't do a whole lot defensively. I don't want to see Jet Howard float into that boat. I, I think he's I think he's much more talented than that.
0: Yeah, I don't think throwing Jet Howard and Caleb Houston in the same bucket is is necessarily fair to Jet, right? I, I think he's so yeah. much so much more creative offensively, so much right. more versatile. I mean, there were times, uh, especially early in the season, where I was like. This dude looks like Tracy McGrady out there, you know. Like the thing, the things yeah. that he was doing on the offensive side of the ball was impressive. And and I, I'm with you, Kellen. He, he, if he can develop on the defensive side of the ball and become a, a solid two-way player, he has the size, he has the athleticism. He's shown he can he can be a 40% plus uh, shooter from behind the arc. I mean, he he does have star potential. I'm I'm not necessarily saying he'll be a star in the nba but uh i do think there's a chance i think i think he's one of those guys that if he takes a big leap forward he'll have star potential and, and then you got to look at orlando you you went out on a limb and drafted this guy pretty damn high i mean that that's gonna put some pressure on them to actually put him in positions uh to get minutes and so yeah. that'll be it that'll be interesting to see
1: Oh yeah, definitely. I, I think it could be fun to see them experiment with some lineups where Jet's out there with Paolo and with Franz, where Jet doesn't have to be the primary shot creator, where Jet can kind of just be a support guy, where he can he can be the three point valve, he can cut off of off of the action, he can you know take advantage of guys from that from that standpoint. Um, I, I I'm I'm excited to see what he looks like in summer league because he actually his summer league debut is coming up in a few weekends here against the Pistons on ESPN and then what he looks like his rookie year in the NBA. So,
0: Well, speaking of uh, both sides of the ball, we were talking about Jet improving defensively. Uh, The guy on Michigan's team that was probably the best two-way player last year went shortly after Jet Howard in the draft. Uh, Kobe Bufkin, 15th overall to the Atlanta Hawks. Um, How are we feeling about his ability to make an immediate impact considering he is so young?
1: Yeah, um, I you know we love Kobe Buffkin as Michigan fans, and he he's gonna. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna. I think his his floor is a lot higher than Jets in terms of a prospect because of his defense and because of his ability to do stuff other than scoring. I don't love the fit for him with that Hawks team. Trey Young never seems like a fun guy to play with. They're pretty set at shooting guard with Bogdanovich and uh, Murray right now. Um, I think Bogdanovich is on the last year of his deal, so that could that could change. But like his rookie year, he's going to need to earn minutes because of his defense and because of the stuff he does besides scoring. He's never going to be asked to be a primary scorer for them. But if he can just be a really, really solid role player who plays good defense and knocks down a three every once in a while and blows past guys and finishes really well at the rim and, and excels in transition, like Atlanta loves to play really, really fast, I think Kobe can excel in that environment, then that's going to be great for him. But I just worry that he's not going to get a ton of minutes his rookie year just because of how many guys already play shooting guard in Atlanta.
0: Yeah, Matt, it's hard to see him making an immediate impact with with you know it, it, he's j- he just he's so young he's so raw, um, but he's got a world of potential, man. Do you do you uh, do you think he's going to make an immediate impact or maybe be a can this guy stretch himself to become you know maybe even an all star caliber player in year three four five is that is that something you think he can do? Personally, I'm not sure. I'm in agreement with both of you guys. I think that he has
2: the most difficult path of the two to uh, being able to be utilized more frequently. So I think we're probably going to see a little bit more of a like Michigan-esque trend for him in the NBA, where uh, it's a couple couple years of development you know what I mean settling into his own skin as an NBA player seeing where he fits if he fits on this Atlanta team and going from there personally I think that his ceiling is just way up here I'm a huge believer in Kobe Buffkin so I think that uh that he will make a difference if uh, he sticks it out on this Atlanta team but there there just is so much uh so much depth there at shooting guard. It's difficult to see his skills as they are right now being an immediate use to uh, to that team at this point. It is cool
1: to see that he's going to be in a winning situation right away, right? Like, this Atlanta team's not one of the best teams in the NBA, but they've consistently made the playoffs for a few years now. Like, they're on the upswing, and like, a guy like Kobe is going to be great for them in, in you know, come a playoff series, you know, around this time next year. Well, I guess nine, ten months from now, like you 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 could see him coming off the bench and, and guarding a guy for a few minutes and 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 knocking down an open shot if he if he needs to. Like you could see him in that role. I love that he gets to play with Quinn Snyder, one of the best coaches in the NBA. I think that's gonna be great for his development in the long term. You know, his rookie year he might not get a lot of time, but that time to develop and process NBA offenses and and develop as a scorer might ultimately be good for him in the long run. And his defense and his his ability to do everything besides uh, scoring near the uh, scoring is is you know is going to keep him around. I think.
0: My favorite thing that you said was right at the beginning when you said Trey Young does not seem like a fun guy to play with. I was just imagining myself in like a pickup game at the. Y- local YMCA and Trey Young being on my team and just being like, ah, shit. Yeah. Like, I'll just
1: go. stand we, and- we've, all, we've all played basketball <laughs> with guys who play like Trey Young. Yeah. like you, you'll win, you'll win the pickup games, but like you're never going to touch the ball. and yeah. so it's like I, I worry about his development from that standpoint. Um, and, and, and with, with playing with Trey Young in general and the uncertainty of, you know, there were all the trade rumors of of the season, all that stuff. But yeah, I, I think that Kobe Bufkin's a good enough player to make it work. Quite, quite frankly, like the situation is worse, but I have more confidence in Bufkin than I do in Howard in terms of his long-term NBA success.
2: Now that you guys are saying this, I'm envisioning 100 guys at the YMCA that I've played basketball with that look exactly like Trey Young. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. that. Uh, I will say this. The fact that he is a young guy that has a lot of defensive prowess and can hit some big shots works extremely well for him. So... I think that uh, that there's an opportunity for him to have some big moments, so I wouldn't count him out at all. Uh, just saying that the odds are a little bit against him at this point. Well, let's- it is
1: it is cool that that there's two two top 15 guys like you know that were in that were in the NBA draft that were from Michigan. That is a cool thing. From Time Wyrot from the team uh, sent us this thing. It's the first time since 1994 that's happened uh, with Juwan Howard and Jalen Rose being the last two guys picked in the top 15 in the same draft. It just stinks that having those guys and an All-American center and hunter didn't translate to more team success this past season.
0: Yeah, it didn't, didn't scream uh, second round NIT when you're looking at the at the roster yeah. last season. But we're going to have to just get over that and move forward and look ahead, which actually mm-hmm. we will do uh, in, a sh- in a few short moments. We'll go ahead and look at that future Michigan team. But before we move on from uh, professional ball, I didn't even throw this in the show notes, but I think we should at least talk about it because it was big news this week. Uh, Jordan Poole traded to the Washington Wizards in a deal that, of course, included Chris Paul going to the Warriors. So since this is a Michigan pod and we have limited time, we'll go ahead and and not not get into the whole Steph Curry-Chris Paul situation because that's interesting in itself. But um, let me just ask, uh, you know, let's just say, what, what do you think uh, Jordan Poole's points per game is going to be in year one with the Washington Wizards?
1: I'm going to say cuz Bradley Beal was right around 23 last year. I'm going to say Poole's a little bit under that. It's like 20, 21. I'll say like 21.4 points per game. He's going to take a lot of shots. He's going to take a lot of shots. He's going to make a lot of shots, he's going to miss a lot of shots. But ultimately, I'm happy for Jordan Poole that he gets to be in a different situation, you know. Mm-hmm. And he 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 won a championship with the Warriors. He was an important piece of that Warriors team that won the championship and, you know, he you're never like having that potential and being that guy that, that being that important on a championship team is going to, and he's going to still have value in the league because of that. I just think that his relationship with the Warriors was just completely going downhill ever since the, the Draymond punch in practice and not getting a lot of minutes this past postseason. I just think he needed a change of scenery and I'm excited that he now gets his quote unquote, his own team to like see what, see what we see what he can truly be as a scorer in the NBA.
0: Matt Jordan Poole, points per game. I'm going to um,
2: honestly take it maybe like a peg or two above even Kellen. I like uh, the room for Jordan Poole to grow a little bit and kind of cement himself as, uh, as more, of a, more of a consistent number one option. So I'm going to even say maybe 22, 23 points per game. I think he has a, a very big upswing in this situation, and I think that it benefits him.
0: Well, I'm going to go out on a limb here, guys, and I'm going to make an, incredible, oh boy. an incredibly optimistic uh, prediction here. I think that Jordan Poole becomes one of the best scorers in the entire league. I, now, now, I'm not saying one of the best players in the entire league, but I, I think this is a match made in heaven. There, There's really two things that could happen, right? You get Jordan Poole away from Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, and all of a sudden he might. He might start drawing the number one defender on every team that he might get shut down. So I'm I'm very open to the idea that this dude just struggles tremendously. But there is also the possibility that, you know, you take him from a team where he really wasn't getting the minutes that he needed and he was still he was still averaging 18, 19, 20 points a game. Um, Get him away from Klay Thompson and Steph Curry, make him the number one option. This dude is going to shoot so many shots, like more shots than any player in the league. I'm gonna go twenty-eight points per game. He's gonna wow. he's gonna have one of you. Uh-huh. You know, you mentioned Bradley Beal, and it's kind of funny because Bradley Beal was one of those guys that was good and under the radar, and then he had he just shot up the points per game uh, statistical category. I could right. I could see Jordan Poole doing that now. Does that make him an all-star? Yeah, maybe. Does it make him one of the best players in the league? I'm going to say no because the dude's going to have a t- no, ton yeah. of ton of turnovers. He's going to get beat on defense right. a bunch. He's going to, um, he, you know, he's we're going to have the pool-esque, like, wild scenarios. But, yeah, I, I genuinely think he will be uh, one of those unique characters that's able to score just an ungodly amount of points.
1: Yeah, and that Washington team is going to be bad too. Like right like like it's encouraging that like like I'm sure Washington fans are excited to see them finally choose a direction of of pivoting towards being one of the worst teams in the league instead of being in the no man's land they've kind of been in. And I'm excited to see their young backcourt with him and Tyus Jones. But that team's gonna be bad next year and, and Jordan Poole's gonna shoot a lot of shots. And it's just crazy to think of from what he was back at Michigan, where he was never really a go-to guy at Michigan, right? Like, we all remember the buzzer beater in, the, in March Madness, but, like, when you really look back in his time at Michigan, he was kind of like seventh, eighth man. If he made his first few threes, you'd keep him in, but if not, you wouldn't see a whole lot of him. So to see him progress from that to being the third most important guy on a team that won the finals... To now being the best player on a team, it's kind of crazy to see his progression. And I'm just happy to see it as a Michigan fan because in terms of just general improvement, he has to he has to be mentioned in terms of, of Michigan guys that have made it to the pros over the last few decades, honestly.
0: But he's just so fun to watch, man. And and you know, spe- yeah. speaking of fun to watch, uh number one overall draft pick last night appears to be one of these generational talent type guys, and so I wanted to, even though it's not Michigan related, it is basketball related, um, Kellen. And right. I want, I wanted to dig into this a little bit because it, it kind of felt like we might have been witnessing history. Watching uh, Victor, I'm gonna, I'm try, I'm gonna try his last name here. I'm working on it. Wembenyana, Wembenyana, is that it? Am I getting it right? Wemby. Wembenyama.
2: Wembenyama. Wembenyama.
0: Okay, yep, Okay, got it. Vic, so wemby. Yep. We're gonna call him Wemby for the sake of this podcast. But yeah, this dude, he yeah. he's seven six. In some places, I see him listed as a center, In other places, I see him listed as a point guard. You, you, you always know when you see that, you're like, okay, uh, there's something going on here, right? He appears, yeah, he, yeah, he appears to have like uh, Kevin Durant style capabilities, and he's a full half a uh-huh. half a head taller than K- KD. So the question is, is this guy? Yeah. Is he going to get pushed around? Is he too lanky for the league uh, right off the bat, or or is he just going to step in and dominate? I mean, uh, Kellen, what do you think?
1: I mean he's he's he obviously he has all the tools to be a generational guy, you know. When you watch those highlights of that team that he's on with Devontae Jones in, in France, like he You'd you'd see him take two steps from the three-point line to dunking it. You'd see him you'd see him start the possession at the three-point line and then jump from almost the free throw line to finish to finish rebounds. You you see how big his hands are and how he moves like a guard and how he shoots he how he shoots fadeaways. Now he shoots three-point shots. Now he's not afraid to lead the offense and it looks good when he's doing it. Like we always talk about the concept of like unicorns in the NBA. And when you look at like young Kevin Garnett, when he was coming in, it was like, when he was leading the break, it was like, Oh wow. Like this is, this is cool and exciting, but it was also like kind of a little out of control. Mm-hmm. But like with Wemby, it's like all of that's in control and all of it. I, I as long as he stays healthy, I think he's going to be one of the best NBA, he's going to be one of the best NBA guys we've seen in a while. There's a lot of hype surrounding him. And I really hope that a lot of that doesn't go to his head. But as long as he stays healthy and is, and is in a good situation like San Antonio, he's going to be one of the best players in the league probably two, three years from now, I think.
0: Matt, you think, you think he's going to just skyrocket to the top like Kellen says? I, I tend to agree with Kellen there, but uh, as long as he stays healthy, right? But do you, you think he's going to be that dude? As a
2: Pistons fan uh, that did not obtain him on my team... Uh, because of the terrible NBA draft lottery, I am ec- incredibly salty. I think the kid has uh, a, one of the best ceilings, like Kellen said, that we've seen of any NBA prospect in a while. Um, it's all just a matter of if he can, if he can, like you guys said, get by any type of disastrous injury, uh, just because of his his figure. You know what I mean? I think he's got to. Got to buff up a little bit, uh, prevent any type of disastrous thing from happening, like we've seen from other big, lanky guys in the past, um, and kind of surpass that. But if he can do that, I mean, he's a superstar in the waiting. Mm
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I think we all, when we were playing 2K as kids, I think we all like created a
1: player who was like Victor Wembenyama, right? You move up the boosters to just how tall he can possibly be. You move the sliders to make him an excellent three point shooter and an excellent guy. And it's crazy that like a guy like that is real. It, it feels like he's a video game character. It's 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 crazy to see. I'm excited to watch him play. I really am.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna tell my kids like you can be anything you want to be, but you can't be a basketball player. As long as guys, <laughs> as long as guys like this exist, like it, it, this dude has an eight foot wingspan and he's playing point guard. It's like I'm. I'm sorry, little Jimmy. That's my make believe son because I don't have a son yet. Like I'm. I'm sorry, little Jimmy. You can't play basketball because you're. He, he, the, these people that exist in the world now are just unreal, man. It's not even fair. You
1: there know? was a photo. There was a photo he took last night where he posted it with David Robinson and Tim Duncan, and he makes the two of them look look small, right? And Magic always in that picture. He's six foot six, and it looks like he's taking a photo with his uncles. Like it's he's so he's so tall and so massive, but yet so coordinated at the same time. It's it's this guy's limit for that kid. I can and picture I just, you really
2: telling little Jimmy, "It's a dead end, son."
0: <laughs> well you know i, I do want to say just a disclaimer here my when i do have my son his name will be woodson so i don't know why i picked jimmy as the hy- the hypothetical there like my wife already gave me the thumbs up on the name woodson so we're rolling with it harbaugh harbaugh i'm not naming Li- my kid harbaugh
2: no little jimmy man that's where Oh, uh, jimmy <laughs> got that's it that's where you're it. pulling the jimmy
0: from got it uh, would, would uh
1: Woodson? with Woodson H Smelter? Is that is that not? You know, you make Harbaugh the middle name. Is that
0: yeah is that off the table? Well, we're going with one of her her family names for the oh, middle okay. name. And stuff. respect, yeah, because yeah. Woodson counts as like a family name for me because it's just like right. deeply okay. ingrained in who I am. You know, me and my dad watching Charles okay. Woodson. That's a that's a family name there. So. Right. My Any daughter's respect. name is uh, yeah. Charles. There you go. There you go. I did you yeah. uh, random random aside here since we're getting derailed. We might as well go all the way there. Did you see uh uh Kirk Campbell, quarterback coach of the uh, Michigan Wolverines? He he just got a new little cute little puppy named Maisie Maisie, little dog. Oh, that's cool. I didn't see it, but uh, uh, I, they've been <laughs> saying him. wonderful things
2: about Kirk Campbell. So if he got a dog, it must be an excellent dog.
0: Yeah, of course. There, that that man, that man can do no wrong in my opinion, but. I tell you what, back to basketball. All right, so I'm gonna have to dig into my notes here because it it's a little hard. Uh, I know Kellen, you're like deeply uh, into this, but for even for a guy like me, that's a diehard Michigan basketball fan, I'm having trouble keeping up with what this roster looks like. Right, like is it this new yeah. this new day and age is crazy. So Hunter Dickinson gone, he went to Kansas. Greg Glenn, which I kind of even forgot about. um Greg Glenn looks like he went to Tulane. Tulane. Yeah. Tulane. And, yep. and to, me, Tulane. to me, that's a big bummer because he, he looked like he was had a lot of talent and a lot of size, but yeah. Jawan just and, and the staff didn't seem to utilize him uh, very much. And then, of course, we talked about the guys that went pro. Um, Isaiah Barnes uh, also took off. He went to Tulsa. And so we, we've got uh, – a few guys that look pretty good that are transferring in and and actually it was looking a little grim until we landed this this Tennessee guy in the 11th hour and now the roster is, st- yeah. is starting to look good we've got Namari Burnett uh from Bama he played a year at Bama yeah how do you say this guy's name from Tennessee by the way i haven't said it out loud uh Nikamwa
1: Nikamwa
0: Nikamwa yeah,
1: the age is kind of like a, it's kind of like a french like Nikamwa Olivier
0: kind of thing right Olivier not even
1: there Olivier, Olivier Nakamwa. Oh, I
0: like that. That's got a good ring to it. So, yeah. So, Olivier yeah. Nakamwa, uh, you know, all the news was breaking that, that uh, Michigan was out. Michigan was out. Michigan lost this guy, and then everybody's like, oh, fire Jawan. The sky is falling. And then, and then like, mm-hmm. almost immediately, it was, it was like he commits to Michigan, and everybody's like, let's go. Jawan's back. Like, ev- everything's good. So how are you feeling? Let's First, let's look at Olivier Nakamwa because he, he's a considerably good player. He, he uh, averaged about 10 points per game, which in, in the college game is quite a bit. Um, how are we feeling about adding him to this roster?
1: Yeah, he was the second leading scorer and the top, the leading rebounder on a good Tennessee team last year. Um, he was at uh, the G League, like, invite camp. And then didn't get invited to the NBA draft combine, so like he was right on the brink of like testing the NBA waters, and then was kind of right on that last echelon before like got like would have gotten drafted. So like the kid's obviously very very talented. He's a really solid defender. Um, he there's gonna be a, there's a lot of Musa in his game that Michigan fans are gonna be familiarized with. Uh, he's a very solid help side defender. He's really good at protecting the rim, and then offensively. He he's he's really gonna play well with Terrence Breed. I think like he he does a very good job in the mid range. He's very good in the elbows. His three point shots okay. Probably needs to get a little bit better at that. But honestly, he's more efficient from three point than um, Terrence Williams and, and and Will Cheddar were last year. So like he's. He's gonna stick around the lane more. He's good back to the basket, good finisher around the rim. He's probably gonna be Michigan's second, third leading scorer. Very important guy for this team. He's kind of a little bit of an old school power forward, but also can stretch the rim a little bit more. So yeah, he's he's probably out of the three transfers. He's probably the the one I'd expect to contribute the most for Michigan. And I'm I'm really excited to see him uh, running screens with Doug McDaniel and playing next to Terrace Reed because all of a sudden you know you're gonna need you're gonna need a solid front court in the Big Ten. And with him and Terrence Reed, it's it's a it's a solid one for Michigan.
0: Yeah, so. Will Cheddar just sounds so much better coming off the bench than being the starting four, right? Like I I was a little nervous yeah. about that, Matt. Yeah, Will and
1: Will Cheddar kind of kind of excelled in a spark plug role
0: right. last year.
1: So like now that he he's not pressured to, to to start like he was towards the end of last year, like it, it might be better for him and it might be better for him for this upcoming season.
0: So Matt, any thoughts on Nakamwa? I don't know if you've seen him play much. I, I personally haven't, I watched Tennessee in the tournament, but I, 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 I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I've studied this guy's game. I just, I looked at the stats. They look pretty good. Guys like Kellen that know, know what they're talking about when it comes to basketball, uh, tell me he's pretty impactful. So I, I don't know. Have you seen this guy play at all?
2: Yeah, a little bit. I've studied up on a little bit of his tape. He's not Hunter Dickinson, right? So, I mean, I know the effort and the mindset here by, Michigan fans is to want to plug uh, the holes that have left, right? Hunter Dickinson, Jet Howard, Kobe Bufkin, um, with guys like Caleb Love and Kong Wah and uh, guys like that. So this isn't going to be a Hunter Dickinson for Michigan basketball. But what we have here, I think, is a new opportunity to see how a new team gels with different personalities, different players that excel in different things, and see how that does. I'm honestly really excited about something that not a lot of people are talking about, which is George Washington III uh, possibly coming in, and Kellen, I was going to ask you about that. I mean, this guy seems like he's probably one of the most ready to kind of step in and help uh, this Michigan basketball team next year, so... Where do you see that possibly going with uh, with how that can be a wild card to help Michigan basketball next season?
1: Yeah, I've talked to Washington a couple of times, and uh, he's he's going to be a guy that Michigan fans are going to love, right? He's a he's a four star guard uh, coming out of Ohio, was Gatorade Player of the Year in his uh, division in Ohio, led his team to I think the, the the semifinals of the state finals, of all that stuff. He's a really really solid, really really solid two guard. Um, the, the, the best comparison for him is I would say for Michigan fans, he's a cross between Eli Brooks and Muhammad Ali Abdul Rahman, right? Like he's going to be able to, he's going to have the microwave ability to shoot, to, to light it up from three and kind of pseudo carrier offense a little bit like Mar did, but he's also got the poise of Eli Brooks where like he could defend, he could defend on the ball and he could get his own shot in mid range and get a bucket when the offense was struggling. And he, he plays with such a high motor, super high energy guy. You know, he's always the guy pounding his chest and pumping his fist and getting in your face on defense. Like, Michigan guys are going to love this kid. And they better love him because he's the only commit on the 2023 class for Michigan. And and just just with where this roster's at right now, with, with uh, Doug and Jalen Llewellyn coming back and Burnett, he's going to get some time at the two. And so I think that I really hope that Juwan lets him have a, a large leash and gives him some time to make the mistakes, maybe the time that Kobe Buffkin didn't get his freshman year. Um, but yeah, he's a he's a super talented guy and he's gonna be asked, he's kinda gonna be thrown to the fire here with how Michigan's roster looks. So I think he's gonna thrive in that environment and I, I think Michigan fans are gonna fall in love with
0: the kid. But that's really the benefit of Caleb Love getting getting X'd by, by admissions, right? Is is of course we want yeah. we want Caleb Love. Like the, this roster looks complete, completely right. different with Caleb Love on it, but uh, yeah. Now that we've come to terms with reality, Caleb Love is not coming. And t- to me, I really like that because I am a Doug McDaniels guy through and through. I believe that Dougie is going to be an, an outstanding college point guard. And I think Doug and Terrace building chemistry that we that we saw already from their freshman year, I think those, t- those two guys could play three, maybe even four solid years together at Michigan. And then you got a guy like George Washington III backing up. Uh, Doug McDaniel potentially sliding into the two guard spot, like Helen was saying. Um, that doesn't happen if Caleb Love is on that team, on this team. And then we don't know. Yeah. In the day, day and age of transfer portals, like we don't know does George Washington III start looking for another team or something. You know, we we don't know. And so, uh, this yeah, so this roster is looking decent to me. You know, we haven't even mentioned a guy like Trey Jackson who. Uh, transferred from Seton Hall, he's six uh, ten. I mean, that guy's got some size on him too. So uh, I know we're not gonna be yeah. we're not gonna be top three in the Big Ten, but I, I think fourth fit fourth no. or fifth or sixth place, a, a run at the tournament, I think that's within reach. Kellen, do you think th- do you think we can get to that tier of the Big Ten?
1: Um, I want to say I agree with you, but <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, but um. You know, there there is there is some things to like about this current Michigan roster, right? Doug and Terrace uh, flashed a lot of potential as role guys last year, and we often see college players make that leap from freshman year to sophomore year. They they now know the speed of college basketball. They know Juwan's system. They play together a lot, and they're going to play together a lot more. And Michigan's going to need to rely on them a lot, and that's that's encouraging. Um Doug's going to kind of be in a situation where he's probably going to – he's probably looking to be Michigan's best player right now. I mean, out of all the guys on last year's roster that are still on the team, he averaged the most points. I think it was like 9.6 or something like that. And he flashed – like, there were a couple big Michigan wins where he led the team in scoring. The Michigan State win, he led the team in scoring. The Rutgers win, he led the team in scoring. Like, they're going to need him to continue to develop and continue to be that solid point guard for them. Um, I I just – it, you know they still have two open scholarship spots in the roster, but the roster is pretty much set at this point. Guys are coming onto campus. Like unless they want to get another international guy like Kyatt, there's not there's not a ton of flexibility with that. So when you look at the roster, you know it's not very deep. You lost a lot of scoring. You lost a lot of your you lost a lot of your heavy hitters. A lot of your guys that were going to score late in games, and you're counting on a lot of youth again with this roster. I want to see this team get a little bit creative because as fun as it was watching Hunter Dickinson these last few years, you were kind of set with the guys that you had to play around him, right? You had to play three-point shooters. You really couldn't play another forward with him unless it was a Terrace Reed, too big situation. Now they have a little bit more flexibility, right? You can play Nakamwa as a small ball five. You can play Trey Jackson as a small ball five. You can play a little bit more five out. You can play defenses where every single player can switch, including Terrace Reed, who showed the ability to guard guys like Chris Murray and do it well last season. This Michigan team is a little bit more flexible on that, on that side of the floor. I want to see this Michigan coaching staff get creative. I want to see them put these young guys in positions to succeed. And if they manage to do that, if all the potential hits, then yeah, six, seven in the big 10 is probably realistic. It just sucks with how much of the guys in the Big Ten decided to come back and then Michigan lost all this talent, right? All the Michigan State guys came back except for Hauser. Uh, Edie's coming back. Cliff Amore's coming back for Rutgers. Boo coming back for Northwestern. Terrence Chan's coming back for Illinois. Every single roster has some heavy hitters coming back really except Michigan. And so that's, that's my worry is that Michigan's still going to be around the same point they were last year. It's just the rest of the Big Ten is probably going to get a little bit better. Right. Is, is is my guess. And you kinda
0: led me into the question. I want to ask both of you guys this. Do we think that Terrace Reed can match up and play with the best bigs in the Big Ten? Because that to me, that that is going to be key to winning some of these games later in the season. Can Terrace Reed on both sides of the ball match up with these guys? So uh, we'll start with you, Kellen, then we'll go to Matt.
1: On defense, I have complete faith in him to be able to slow guys down and be able to body guys at the rim and be quick enough and to to be a switchable defender. On offense, he's going to need to become a better free-throw shooter. He's going to need to develop a little bit more of a jump shot. He's going to need to have a little bit better touch around the rim. But the little bursts you saw from him were really encouraging as a rebounder and as a defender, and I'm excited to see what he looks like with more playing time and as more of a focus on the offense.
0: Matt?
2: Yeah, if uh, if you were to ask me, I think probably like the the closest player comp uh, I would be able to come up with in the NBA is probably like an Andre Drummond type situation with the Detroit Pistons when he first joined that team. You know, a lot of the uh, a lot of the prototypical big man stuff he's got to work out. He's got to get a little bit better in and uh and just not so many mistakes and i think that the sky is the limit for the kid um just coaching is going to be key let's say that for jawan howard and terrace reed this season so more will be revealed as far as that goes but i think that terrace Reed's got all the potential in the world to make a huge impact as uh one of the best bigs in the big ten
1: and it should be noted he's just real quick he should be noticed he, he's he's staying on campus this summer he's focused on getting stronger he had a really good interview on uh, Brennan Bosch's podcast uh, a while back uh, where he said that you know he's working on getting quicker he's working on getting better with the ball at his hands he knows his, he knows his weaknesses from last year and he's been training with Michigan's guys to get stronger and and get better at those categories he's staying with the team over the summer. And so I, I'm I'm encouraged to see what he looks like with another year under his belt.
0: Yeah, I I actually agree with what Matt said about this this being such an important piece for Jawan Howard as a coach. I mean, it I don't even think it's hyperbole to say that it's a, kind of a career defining moment for Jawan Howard how Terrace Reed is able to develop because Jawan has been touted as uh, the big man whisperer, right? Like 20 years in the league, being a a, a power forward center, being able to work with these big guys. And Terrace Reed has shown flashes where he was even like taking the ball up the court. And you're like, you're like, no, no, no. And then yes, yes, yes. You know, like he, he has those moments where it's, <laughs> yeah. it's kind of crazy. And and then his free throw percentage his shooting. Uh, if you take off like the first 10 games of the season, it actually wasn't that bad. The the issue was he was shooting like, like 20 or 30% early in the season. And he was never able to, to come back from those terrible numbers. but Um, what I want to see is footwork in the post, right? It, It, it's going to be apparent very early. If Jawan Howard has done the work he needs to do with Terrace Reed, can he get the ball in the post, you know, one power dribble, drop step one shot, fake up and under, like he, if he can master those post moves down low, he has the frame to be a force to be reckoned with. So I, I do think Jawan's career, you know, I wouldn't say his whole career is on the line, but it's, it's like one of the kind of career defining or career evaluating moments uh, for Jawan. So, yeah. Anyway. And just to broaden that a little bit,
1: like this is, this is a big year for yeah. Jawan, right? Like these are all, these are all his recruits. A lot of like credits, it's, it's it, he deserves credit for getting those two guys to get to top 15 picks in the draft. But these are all his recruits. These are all these are all guys that he's gotten in the transfer portal. This, this you know, it, this is his year where he can flex his muscles as a coach, right? Because Dickinson's gone, Howard's gone, Buffkin's gone. If you really want to prove yourself as as a as a solid college basketball coach, as a cream of the crop college basketball coach, then get this team to outperform outperform expectations. Get this team to the NCAA tournament and win a game or two when you get there, because no one's expecting that right now. And if you exceed those expectations. Then you're gonna you're gonna be the you're gonna be the guy at Michigan for a while, and if you don't, then we have to have another a separate conversation on a different
0: podcast. Man, just making a run at the tournament, you got me excited for basketball season, and we haven't even gotten to football season yet. So, anyway, guys, we're right. running up against our time a little bit here, so uh, I want to give us uh, time to shout out kind of where people can follow us, Kellen, uh, from me and Matt both. Thank you so much for for taking the time uh, to to hang out with us. You're always welcome. You're like you, you consider yourself one of our like rotational guys at, on the BHB pod, man. Recurring guests. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah.
1: well, yeah, well, well, I appreciate you guys reaching out and, and, and having me on. I, 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 I love, I love talking hoops with you guys and I, lo- I always love doing the podcast. So yeah, you can find me. Uh, I tweet out all my articles on Twitter at Kellen, uh, underscore, underscore Voss. I write for Mazen brew. going to be doing some uh, basketball stuff, more recruiting stuff on the way with football and basketball, uh, it's, it's, it's about to, you know, right now we're kind of getting into the quiet period, but football is going to ramp up before we know it. So I'd say go to Mazen brew for all, all your Michigan news and all your recruiting news. And cause we, we got a lot of great stuff over there and Matt's, Matt's working over there too. So so I'll be, I'll be talking to Matt a whole lot more. So
0: Matt care to comment. Where can people find you? Yeah, absolutely. Like Kellen mentioned, they can find uh, my content
2: or his content or any of our great team's content at Maze and Brew. Uh, They're always putting out great stuff over there all the time, all day long. Uh, They can find me personally on my main Twitter, at Maze Crusader. And also, just a quick announcement, we're going to be dropping some uh, merchandise for the Big House Bleachers podcast, as well as just some personal stuff. Yes, absolutely, as well as some personal stuff that I've been cooking up. Uh, The site is live. I'm going to be dropping that in the next day or two on Twitter. So very exciting stuff. Everybody keep your eyes peeled. Uh, And I'll cut it back to you, Mike.
0: Guys, I just got to say real fast. I've seen some of these uh, prototypes of this merch that Matt's putting out for, for the podcast and then also some other stuff that's not for the podcast. You guys are going to lose your shit, man. This is some really cool, well-designed uh, merchandise. So I, I can't wait for you to to kind of drop the details on that, Matt. Thank you so much for for doing that and putting it together. Um, And then you can find me, guys, at wolverinechronicle.com is my site. I write a lot of articles there. Um, also, follow me on Twitter. That's where I'm most active, at Wolverine Chron. Uh, for Kellen Voss, M- Matt Hartwell, and I am Michael Smeltzer. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe. And as always, go blue. Go blue.